How's everybody doing today? Hotep, hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecture writer, and historian. So it is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. And if you follow me on Facebook, if you follow me uh, on Instagram, you know I've been posting about this story. Uh, this deals with comments that India Ari uh, made regarding Megan Thee Stallion and Janae Monell's performances at the Essence Festival that happened this past weekend. So the Essence Festival was Friday, June 30th through uh, Sunday, July 2nd. OK, and I watched some of the festival and, you know, I posted uh, articles. I, I posted uh, screenshots uh, of it as well. So it um, was on it, it aired live on Hulu in prime time. Okay, aired live on Hulu in prime time, and um, I watched uh, a number of the performances. And Megan The Stallion performed. Uh, she was the last performance on Sunday night, so Sunday night was the last night. She performed something like one a.m. I think they were running behind, but she performed like one a.m. And I did not see all of her performance, but I saw a good amount of it. And uh, I made comments about her performance afterwards. And uh, my comments were dealing with the uh, not just the twerking, but the sexually explicit lyrics, the use of the N word, the B word, all all types of just degrading, dehumanizing language that was used song after song after song after song. Now, I'm very familiar with Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, you've seen the broadcast that I did dealing with uh, WAP with uh, had a panel of of African-American females Herb alchemist who's a hip hop artist, a heck of a Mecca, who's a hip hop artist, as well as Jade Arendelle. We did that back in 2020, August 2020. Check that out. It's on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network and my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel. And we'll put a link to that video it's been viewed over eleven thousand times we'll put a link on our website the Af uh, on our website africanhistorynetwork.com so um india ari made uh posted on instagram apparently on uh july 5th it looks like so there's an article from um tmz Drag NDRE dragged for blasting uh Megan the Stallion and Janelle Monet let them live a bit. Okay. So the first article I saw dealing with this topic, uh the uh, the response from uh NDRE was from okplayer.com. We posted this article on our fan page, the African History Network.com, the African History Network.com. I'm sorry, on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. We posted it there. I posted it on my personal channel, Michael M. Hotep, I M H O T E P. We also posted a screenshot of it on our uh, Instagram page, uh, Michael M. Hotep, I M H O T E P on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram as well. Okay, so this was the first article that I saw about India Ari uh, criticizing uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monet, And she was correct on her criticism, but she didn't go far enough. I went much farther. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to uh, uh, we're going to look at her original Instagram post, which apparently she has taken down. Okay, we're going to look at her original Instagram post and then. 
we're going to look at what I said on social media. Because uh, for those that don't know, I have been uh, putting out information, uh, critiquing negative corporate control hip hop for years now uh, from male and female artists, male and female artists, not just female artists, male and female artists. Um, if we look at the article here from uh, TMZ, the article from TMZ has the uh, Instagram post from NDRE and it appears the Instagram post has been taken down. Okay. So if we look at this here, they have a clip of Megan Thee Stallion twerking and um that wouldn't uh, I, i'll get to my critique in just a minute but here's what ndire said okay and she's come under fire by a lot of ignorant people who don't understand history don't understand the history of slavery don't understand adultification bias when it comes to african-american women and girls don't understand a system of white supremacy and racism and they think this is just entertainment no it's not just entertainment it's programming it's programming, okay? Um, NDRE said the issue is what is context? The issue is what is context? Humanity does everything, but does everything belong in a stage? No, is everything for kids? No, is everything, um, is everything for kids? Is everything for everybody? No. So when as a culture. So when we as a culture make something like this mainstream, it shows a lack of discretion and discernment. To those in the comments who laugh at anyone who wants these things for our culture, she said out culture, but I think she meant our culture. You certainly have that right, just as many folks have the right to want our mainstream international export, export our music to show us in a respectful light. I'd like to go on the record saying this won't age well, and that's my issue. I love Janelle and uh, Meg, Megan Thee Stallion, the way I love us all, and I don't like this moment. Don't bother debating me. LOL, laughing out loud, IDC, I don't care, and I do this. Uh, and I do this for 25 years, I've done this. So read, ponder, or don't, okay? Now, it appears she, she has taken down uh, the uh, Instagram post, and hopefully uh, you all can see it here. So let me know uh, if you all can see it. We'll zoom in uh, some more on it. I want to make sure everybody uh, can see this. Okay, now my critique went way, way past this. My critique went way past this. We're gonna come to my comments in just a minute. Now, people have been commenting on my post on our fan page, the African History Network, for uh, going back to this past weekend when the Essence Festival was was actually taking place. Okay, so we'll come to that in just a minute. All right, so uh, she's been getting criticized, and a lot of the people who criticizing her are probably under thirty years old. Okay, they're probably under 30 years old, probably a lot of them probably under 25. If you're under 25, I have CDs older than you. Okay. Um, and one of the one of the problems with this is people want to bring up uh the two live crew, 
you know, early 1990s, things like this, the music we had then. And what we have to understand is that if we haven't learned anything in like 30 years and don't realize that what's going on today is much worse than 30 years ago because not only has the music been weaponized even more so against us but you ain't have you didn't have social media in 1993 we didn't have youtube that youtube wasn't created in 2005 we didn't have facebook we didn't have instagram we didn't have twitter okay we didn't have digital downloads in the early 90s so one of the mistakes that people make is they think that well because we were stupid in 1993 it's all right to be stupid 30 years from now so in in the year 2063 if we if, if the youth of 2063 and younger people are still doing the same stupid ass things that we were doing in 1993 we don't learn from the previous generation from the mistakes of the previous previous generation say wait a second we have to put a stop to this some people say oh that's nothing new they were you, you had the two live crew right you you had you know th this group that group when does nothing new get old when does nothing new get old when do we understand that we are being targeted and the music is being weaponized this is not an attack on the artists the artists are being used by white corporations white owned finance corporations to attack us and if we if we don't understand that then the future is bleak because if you want to destroy a nation you do it through the music because the music hits the youth first and the youth are the ones who have the the least amount of defenses to be able to fight back against it this is how you attack a people you use media and you go after the youth so let's look at um I want to look at the comments that I made. All right. So if we go to our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, if you don't follow us on Facebook, please do the African History Network on Facebook. Uh, we have a ton of followers there, have a million followers there. Um, they all don't get the notifications when I go live. I think Facebook is messing with me. I built this network myself, largely myself. Uh, so let's look at uh, I want to look at this post that I just did here. And also, I've been sharing a post and uh, interview I did with Dr. Francis Cress Wilson as well, author of the ISIS papers, Keys to the Colors, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. All right. Now, we'll go back a little bit here. Let's see. Let's look at this post here. Uh, OK, so this is a this is a post that I did with Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. Dr. Francis Cress Wilson said, we're the only people, referring to African-Americans, black people, we're the only people on this entire planet who have been taught to sing and praise our demeanment. I'm a bitch, I'm a hoe, I'm a gangster, I'm a thug, I'm a dog. If you can train people to demean and degrade themselves, you can oppress them forever. If you can train people to demean and degrade themselves, you can oppress them forever. You can even program them to kill themselves and they won't even understand what happened. Now, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson was a psychiatrist, okay? 
And I interviewed Dr. Wilson three times on the African History Network show. I knew Dr. Wilson. Dr. Wilson was brilliant. She used to teach at Howard University. She was denied tenureship at Howard because she wrote the uh, the ISIS papers. Okay. Now, if we go back and uh, look at, I want to look at a previous post that I did. Uh, so people have been going back and forth, uh, commenting. And I, I did screenshots of some of the performers at the Essence Festival. So it, 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 I wasn't at the Essence Festival. It aired live on Hulu for the uh, primetime, okay? So the streaming service Hulu, it aired there uh, live, okay? Uh, and it, like, it was like 7 p.m. to midnight, 1 a.m., something like that, all right? Uh, so I posted this article here. Janelle Monet exposes breasts during Essence Festival performance. We have that here. I uh, posted that a couple of days ago. And then uh, this is another one. I did this, uh, Dr. Wilson as well, posted that a couple of times. Here is an excerpt of an interview I did with Tony Browder, Anthony Browder, historian, archaeologist, author of uh, Nile Valley Contributions to Civilization. And uh, there's an excerpt. Uh, we, we talked about agnotology. Agnotology is the study of deliberate, culturally induced, marketed ignorance via media if you have never heard of agnotology you may be a victim of it agnotology is the study of deliberate culturally induced marketed ignorance via the media and we are and he brought up megan the stallion so we talked about that some as well i reposted the interview i did with the sisters here dealing with um wap we talked about women are priceless okay that was that was my version of wap Women are priceless. Okay. And we talked about uh what about Cardi B making the study. Now, this post right here, this got 495 likes. You got 741 comments. So people have just been commenting on this like crazy. Okay. I did this post, it was Monday, I guess it was Monday. Um, when I said the SO, everything it was I I, I didn't see Juvenile perform. I saw Eve perform, I saw um Trina. Megan the Stallion's performance made Trina look like a Girl Scout or a nun, just to be honest with you. Okay. I saw Trina perform. I this post right here was about Megan the Stallion's performance. I said, when I said the Essence Fest became a ratchet fest, because that was my previous post. The Essence Fest became a ratchet fest when Megan the Stallion started performing. I said, I'm talking about Megan the Stallion's performance. So people started commenting on this. Okay. And uh, this comment here, right here, uh, this went from Essence Fest to Ratchet Fest. What the hell is this? This can't be the future of hip hop. So I was talking about Megan Thee Stallion's performance. Now, before Megan Thee Stallion performed, there was a, um, so at Essence Festival, you know, they were celebrating 50 years of hip hop, but also 50 years of women in hip hop. Okay. So, you know, they had Eve performing, they had, had Yo-Yo performing, you know, you can't play with my Yo-Yo, they had Trina performing, Salt and Pepper, all right, uh, different female hip-hop artists. Angie Martinez was there, Spinderella was with Salt and Pepper, first time they performed in years, we ain't, ain't going to get into that, but uh, I'm with team uh, Spinderella, Spinderella's not a fella, but a girl DJ. So right before Megan Thee Stallion performed there was a pound discussion with Yo-Yo and two other um female hip-hop artists and that now the the problem with the broadcast on YouTube on Hulu was that it was live and they did not archive it 
So you can't go back and watch it. It was just, it was just live. All right. One of the things Yo-Yo said in that panel discussion was that a lot of the music to a lot of the hip hop music today coming from female hip hop artists. This is this is her words, not mine, but I second that emotion. She said a lot of it is slut music. That's what Yo-Yo said, who's been in the game longer than most of these other people. And what's happened is that they have white corporations and maybe some and probably some Negroes helping them have infused stripper music into hip hop, which is sent it in a whole nother direction. Now, I'm not condoning the 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 degrading lyrics from uh, uh male hip hop artists, the baby and things like this, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne. I'm not I'm not condoning that at all. And if you see my videos, we've dealt with that for years. Okay. I'm not con I'm not condoning that at all. I'm against it all across the board. But infusing stripper music into hip hop is sending it in a whole nother direction because like back in the day you had little cam foxy brown like 95 96 97 you know you top female rappers that were half naked with the sexually explicit lyrics it was just a handful of them okay today it's it's like you it's like you got to do that to really get the airplay. It's like a whole lot more of them today. Okay. It's gone in another direction. All right. So I, I did this post here and uh, this went from Essence Fest to Ratchet Fest. What the hell is this? This can't be the future of hip hop. Um, I said, no, I'm not posting pictures of Megan The Stallion performing. And I had pictures like this is Tim's. Yeah, Tim's performed with uh, WizKid, things like this. So I post all, posted all that. So you can go back and uh, look at that on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network. Uh, yeah, this is this is Tim's performing here. So this was uh, like Sunday. Okay. You go check that out. Yeah, so these are posts from Sunday. All right. Now, if we look at, this is what I said. This is what I posted today. After I saw the article uh, from OKPlayer.com and I read the one from um, TMZ. Okay, let's look at this here. NDRE criticizes Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monet for sexually uh, uh, for sexual essence festival performances. Unlike Mo now, this is me talking. Okay, let's zoom in on this some more. Unlike most people uh, commenting on this subject, I actually saw Megan Thee Stallion's performance at the Essence Festival 2023 broadcasted live on Hulu. Okay, broadcasted live on Hulu. Her explicit lyrics, repeated usage of the N-word, the B-word, uh, the H-word, vulgarities descriptions of sex acts sexual organs etc were even worse than the twerking were even worse than the twerking now janelle monet commented on the uh she megan stallion had like 20 women from the audience come up on stage twerking and all that stuff that was that was bad but it got a whole lot worse 
that was bad enough. Oh, it got a whole lot worse. The Essence Festival is supposed to be a conference about empowering black women, not degrading and dehumanizing. them. The music has been weaponized against us. And so many of our people have been dumbed down so much that they don't understand we are under attack and will justify our own dehumanization and will justify our own dehumanization. Now at the African History Network, you know we talk about what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you've been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. So we, we are under attack. The music has been weaponized against us and the technology exacerbates this attack. This is not an attack on a particular artist. This is an attack on the white conglomerates that are using the artists to attack us. So when, when I, I made my comments about WAP from Cardi B, when it came out August 2020, the first day it came out, it was viewed 13 million times on Cardi B's YouTube channel alone. It came out on a Friday. That weekend, it was viewed 60 million times, the video for WAP. It was viewed 60 million times from Friday to Sunday just on her YouTube channel alone. That technology like that to be able to go straight to the consumer. An artist can go straight to the consumer. An individual can go straight to the consumer, hit millions of people like that with the press of a button. We didn't have that in 93 when the two live crew was out. We didn't have that in 1990. We didn't have that in 88, 89 with NWA. The technology has advanced with social media, with digital downloads. So the attack, the music has been weaponized. So the attack is more perverse now. So if you think, well, we were stupid in 93, it's all right for the youth to be stupid today. What kind of simple Simon ass nonsense is that? Some people say, oh, that's nothing new. When does nothing new get old? When do people have enough respect for themselves, their children and future generations to put a stop to this? Because we're the only people, as Dr. Francis Crest Wilson correctly stated, we're the only people who would tolerate something like this. Nobody else would tolerate this. And not only that, there was a pastor named um, Pastor Mike, and they would call him White Mike. He did a TED Talk. And I wrote a I wrote an article about his TED Talk because I wrote I write articles also. I, I got to get I have to put the link for my blog on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. He did a TED Talk where he where he explained how you can make hip-hop songs about killing black people but you can't make a song about killing killing a dog you can make songs about killing black people but 
You will not be allowed to make a song about killing a dog. If you do put it out, Peter's coming after you. Uh, animal rights organizations are going to come after you. But we have a plethora of music that dehumanizes African-Americans, talks about killing us, things of this nature. That's fine. You remember the baby last, I think it was last, I think it was 2022, the baby got in trouble. The hip hop artist, the baby got a problem with calling yourself a grown ass man, calling yourself the baby, but okay. Uh, you remember the baby got uninvited from Coachella and got uninvited from other music festivals because he on, 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 on stage one night, he did a two minute rant that people deemed homophobic and said some demeaning uh, uh, statements about the LGBT community, right? He got uninvited from uh, these different music festivals. Coachella was one of them. There was other music festivals, right? But here's the crazy thing about it. This is what a lot of people didn't talk about. He has music that calls African-Americans N-word, bees, things like this, and dehumanizes black people. He got invited to perform with music that dehumanizes black people but as soon as he stepped out of the as soon as he stepped out of the circumference of awareness that has been prescribed by for him by white corporations and started talking about a protected group the lgbt community they smacked his ass and took his privilege away from him He didn't make a song. He didn't, that wasn't a song he made about gay people or anything like that. That was a two-minute rant. It wasn't a CD. It wasn't a music video. It wasn't a movie. It was a two-minute rant. He's got whole CDs that dehumanize us. That's no problem with that. That's fine. You can you can do that. We're gonna reward you for that. You step out of line one time, we're gonna tag your ass. And that's exactly what happened to the baby. He, he has not stepped out of line since then that I know of. He hasn't stepped out of line since then. They made an example out of him. How is it that you get invited to perform at Coachella? You get invited to perform at music festivals with music that dehumanizes African people. But as soon as you talk about somebody else, they take the privilege away from you. The reason why is because you only protect what you respect and every other group is protected except us. You can say whatever you want to about us. You can you can say whatever you want to anybody else. You step out of line. You don't believe me. What happened to Michael Jackson? 1995. Michael Jackson had the song. I think it was 95. They don't really care about us. And he made uh, he had a couple lines in there that the Jewish community deemed was. Uh, offensive to them what did sony do sony if i remember correctly sony was the, his music company at the time sony took all the cds off the shelf removed the offensive lyrics that the jewish community the adl anti-defamation league said were offensive then put the songs back on the shelf then put the cds back on the shelf what what about the music that you got calling us the n-word and bees and all that and dehumanizing us that, that's that's cool with you Ice T, hip hop artist Ice, I mean hip hop artist Ice T, gangster rapper Ice T, like the original gangster rapper, like 1986. In the 1990s, he had a heavy metal band 
called Body Count. Okay, some of y'all don't remember that. He had a heavy metal band called Body Count. And uh, they had a they had a song called Cop Killer. Cop Killer was about killing a dirty cop. It wasn't it wasn't it, it wasn't about all cops or anything like that. It was about killing a dirty cop. Okay. Um, I don't remember any lyrics or anything like that, but I, I remember this case, this this whole situation. What happened? Police unions and police organizations across the country rose up. Time Warner, Warner Brothers was his record company at the time. They rose up, put pressure on Warner Brothers, Time Warner. What did Time Warner do? Did Time Warner didn't tell the police, well, if you don't like it, change the channel, change the radio station. Okay. They, he, they didn't tell the police, well, he's not talking about, he's not talking about you all. He's only talking about this police officer over here. Okay. They, they didn't say, oh, this is just entertainment. Don't take, y'all, y'all too sensitive. Don't take it personal. This is just entertainment. No, what happened was Warner Brothers, they pulled every last one of those CDs off the shelf and they shelved the whole project. They didn't do anything else with it. They didn't release no music video. They didn't do anything else with that because police from around the country rose up and protested and, and they're protected and we're not. They're respected and we're not. Ice-T, in turn, if I remember correctly, the amount, he, he had about 10,000 shares of like Time Warner stock. He sold all his stock and like washed his hands of the situation pretty much, okay? Rick Ross. Rick Ross, now I, I teach, we deal with this in um, uh, the class that I teach, my Saturday class, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. Okay, uh, we deal with this like in one of our first two classes. Um, there's a good article from billboard.com, and all this stuff you know, I back up with articles, I back up with evidence, proper documentation ends all conversation. Rick Ross got into trouble of, a few years ago, 2013. There was a song that he was on called UOENO. And here's the article from Billboard, billboard.com. Um, let me click on this. Reebok drops Rick Ross over UOENO lyrics. So Reba, uh, Rick Ross, hip hop artist Rick Ross, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, uh, music mogul. Um, Rick Ross, who took his name from Free Ray, Free Ray Rick Ross. Okay, the real Rick Ross. Reebok drops Rick Ross over U-O-E-N-O rape lyrics. Rape lyrics. How many people remember this? Now, this is from Billboard.com, April 11th, 2013. After stirring up controversy with lyrics deemed pro-rape, Reebok has decided to end their partnership with Rick Ross. Now, this is, this is something very interesting right here. See, this is an example of how you only protect what you respect. Okay, so to make a long story short, what, what happened was he had uh, lyrics on Rocco's song, U-O-E-N-O. The lyrics from Rick Ross were, put Molly all in her champagne, she ain't even know. She ain't even know it. 
I took her home and I enjoyed that. She ain't even know it. She ain't even know it. Okay. Now, um, Rocco hip hop artist Rocco told Hot 97 on Tuesday, April 9th, 2013, that he will release a version of UOENO without Rick Ross, uh, without the Rick Ross verse. Uh, with all respect to, uh, to the homie Ross, it's a catch 22. Rocco said, I don't want to take him off. Uh, but one thing that's set in stone is he's always going to be on that song. It doesn't matter who I put on that song. That's going to always be the original version. Oh, so you put out a version to that removes the rape lyrics because white women protested. Now, the music that humanizes us, that's fine. The rapper took to Twitter last Thursday, April 4th. The same day, check this out. Here's what happened. The same day, women's group, women's group, uh, Ultraviolet, planned a protest outside of Reebok's flagship store in New York City. Okay? So the, the rapper, I think they're referring to Rocco. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Rocco apologized. Uh, I don't condone. Uh, 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 Rick Ross apologized. He said, I don't condone rape. Apologies uh, for the lyric interpreted as rape. Uh, Rick Ross said he tweeted. Uh, Rick Ross continued to apologize to Reebok and Ultraviolet. Quote, apologies to my many business partners who would never promote violence against women. Does he ever apologize to the African-American community for calling us N-words and calling African-American women bees and dehumanizing us? I'm just curious. I don't dislike Rick Ross. I think he's very intelligent. I think he knows better than this. I'm just asking the question. You apologize to your many business partners who, uh, who would never promote violence against women. Have you ever apologized to the African-American community? Okay, so... Here's what happened, though. Reebok fired Rick Ross. White women protested. Go research this. White women came out protest. There were some African-American women with them also. It wasn't all white women, but predominantly white women. Okay? The Reebok said, we don't want to be associated with this. Reebok did not tell the white women, he's not talking about you. He's talking about that H over there. Reebok didn't tell the white women, well, if you don't like it, you need to change the radio station. Reebok didn't tell the white women, if you don't like it, don't buy the music. Reebok said, Negro, we're going to cancel your contract because we don't want to be associated with you and what you represent. I'll be damned. Go read this article. Go research this. Proper documentation ends all conversation. Don't take my word for this. This is Billboard.com. Reebok drops Rick Ross. Rick Ross had an endorsement deal with Reebok to make Reebok money. Reebok valued the white women more than they valued Rick Ross's ability to make them money. So they said, we're going to cancel your contract over these lyrics. From one song. Now, it's, once again, he. When you have endorsement deals like this right they go and watch your music videos they go listen to your music all that so they know what they're getting they knew what rick ross's lyrics were 
before I'm not talking about before you UOENO came out. So they know about his him dehumanizing African Americans. They knew about that. That was all right with Reebok. White women protesting? Oh no, no, no. We're not gonna tolerate that. See, now you're talking about our you're talking about our daughters now. As long as you dehumanize your daughters, it's all right. You're talking about our daughters. No, Negro, we're gonna get rid of your ass. They cancel this contract. I'll be damned. You only protect what you respect. So when we look at this example after example after example, it becomes clear that everybody else is protected except us. Why is that? When my, when I made my criticism criticism about WAP. And the majority of the criticisms weren't against Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. They were against Atlantic Records who financed it and financed the video. The, bait, the, 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 the chorus repeats the phrase, there's some whores in this house approximately 79 times. I know it's, they sampled Frank Ski from the 1980s. But the music video, what was viewed 13 million times in one day just on Cardi B's YouTube channel alone. All the women in the video were African-American. Except for Kylie Jenner. So when you say there's some whores in this house, what are you talking about? We're looking at a bunch of black women. White women, uh, white people, not white women, white people, there's some white women. They put together a, an online petition because they wanted Kylie Jenner digitally removed from the music video. Because they ain't think Kylie Jenner belonged in there. Kylie Jenner's a billionaire. She's from the um, Kardashian-Jenner uh, empire, you know, the, the, that profit off of black culture, things like this, the whole family. Well, so she, the, the daughter of Bruce Jenner, who's not Caitlyn, that's a whole nother conversation, goddamn. But that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, I remember being a kid and having a box of Wheaties with Bruce Jenner on it. But that's a whole nother conversation, okay? Uh, we don't have enough time to get deep into that. But um, the whole family got rich off of a black man's penis named Ray J. I just want to put that out there just so y'all understand. Okay. Um, now, Bruce Jenner was already well known. But the Kardashian family, that uh, Rob Kardashian was the father and he was a, a famous attorney, wealthy attorney. He was one of uh, O.J. Simpson's attorneys, part of the dream team. OK, so a lot of people knew Rob Kardashian. He wasn't really necessarily a household name. But if you were in the legal field, you, you knew about him. The family, we didn't know who the hell they were until. Ray J made the sex tape with his then girlfriend, Kim Kardashian. Then from the sex tape, they get the, the mom negotiated a deal with Vivid Entertainment. It was the and, and, and that sex tape became the, the uh, best selling a celebrity sex tape in history at that time then from the sex tape they get the reality tv show keeping up with the kardashians and don't know why anybody want to keep up with them but they, they get that and they build this whole billion dollar empire all this stuff off of a, they the whole family got rich off of a black man's penis um karen stephens on the other hand even though she was prostituting herself, she made a sex tape too. Corinne Stephens, they called a superhead. 
I'm not condoning what she did, but look at the difference between the treatment. Kim Kardashian gets famous from a sex tape with a black man, and she gets elevated and put on a status, like like she's Queen Nefertiti or something. Corinne Stephens, even though yes, she was prostituting herself and things like this. I'm not beating up on the sister, but it's like, wait a second. They're still making jokes about Corinne Stephens. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's like, well, hold on. How does Kim Kardashian get put up on a pedestal? And she got famous for a sex tape. Corinne Stephens had a sex tape with uh, Mr. Marcus. So how does she get, even though yeah i mean we don't condone what she did but how she just get constantly ridiculed and it's hard for her to remove that you know taint you you have a double standard here it's not exactly the same thing but it's like wait hold on now one becomes a damn near billionaire and gets a reality tv series for like something like 20 years and gets in movies and all this stuff the other one just gets ridiculed and laughed at um so let's go i want to go to the uh continue to i want to go back to the post that i i did and this is a post i did today NDRE criticizes Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monet for sexually uh, for sexual essence festival performances. So NDRE was absolutely correct to speak out. And she says she loved both Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monet. She's not trying to condemn them. Now, some of the some of the articles are just trying to, I think, make this bigger than what it is. So so people will click on the article. So the, so the publications make money. She didn't condemn them. Okay. She didn't blast them. She didn't condemn them or like what some of these different publications are saying. It was a critique. Okay. It was a critique. more i said more female artists need to speak up as well as male artists more female artists need specifically hip-hop artists more female hip-hop artists need to speak up as well as male hip-hop artists need to speak up this is this is not the time to have laryngitis and amnesia because this is getting worse and it's dangerous i said right before Megan Thee Stallion performed. There was a women in hip hop panel discussion with the hip hop artist Yo-Yo, who used to be with Ice Cube. You can't play with my Yo-Yo. She said a lot of she said a lot of the hip hop music today coming from female rappers is slut music. Her words, not mine. I said she is correct. Psychiatrist Dr. Francis Crest Welsing, author of the ISIS Papers, the Keys to the Colors, was correct. African Americans are the only group of people. Who will tolerate something like this okay and then i have the link to the uh interview i did with dr wilson as well one of the one of the three interviews i did we did this uh april 5th 2012 black female relationships and racism uh 
we got the link to um the panel discussion i did with the sisters on a uh, wop women are prices women are prices there are no whores in the house because we condemn that there are no whores in the house we don't refer to uh, african-american women as whores uh, uh b's h's thoughts things like that all these dehumanizing derogatory terms and the why is is because you relabel a people to justify mistreating a people you relabel a people to justify mistreating a people okay so and it also what it does is it absolves yourself of any guilt or any responsibility so if you can dehumanize a group of people then it's then it's easy for you to mistreat them because you know you wouldn't want to be treated like that you wouldn't most likely or you would be less likely to mistreat somebody that looked like you or was not part of that group or was part of a group that you belong to so you have to relabel people to justify mistreating them dr uh joy the talks about cognitive cognitive dissonance cognitive dissonance in um her book uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome okay dr joy the all right I, I want to um let me look at my notes here i want to talk about this concept of adultification bias because what these what this type of music does what this genre of music does what when you have dehumanizing lyrics things like this it contributes to an environment it contributes to a climate that puts the safety and the lives of african-american girls and women and women in jeopardy it doesn't create that environment it adds to it okay um before so i want to talk about this concept dinner with uh adultification bias before we go to that be sure to visit our website uh africanhistorynetwork.com africanhistorynetwork.com or the africanhistorynetwork.com uh because i don't it takes you to the same destination uh let's start to, let's start radio show sundays 9 p.m 11 p.m eastern standard time the african history network show on 9 10 a.m superstation wfdf you can support the african history network dollar sign the ahn show through cash app we have the link here and through paypal paypal.me forward slash the ahn show the socials keep doing the research stay on the air keep broadcasting pay some of the bills etc because this is a lot of work um and then register for the online history classes i teach on saturdays we just had a new session to start it up um last week ancient kemet one of the original names for egypt ancient kemet the moors and the ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade what it didn't teach you in school we deal with thousands of years of history what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place we have a preview of the class you can watch right there our next class is saturday july 8th 2023 2 p.m to 4 p.m eastern standard time classes on sale 80 dollars regularly 130 dollars you don't have to be in class um i don't take attendance but we do the sessions live all the sessions are archived and recorded you can go back and watch anytime and also i teach a class on sundays as well black resistance movements from the haitian revolution u.s civil war civil rights movement the black power movement okay uh 1800 to 1968 so we'll post a link here uh for the class also and we have it here in the thread of the broadcast uh very quickly here before we get out of here i want to go to this concept right here this deals with uh adultific adultification bias when it comes to uh african-american girls um this comes from huffingtonpost.com black girls detail harsh consequences of being seen as older 
than white peers, being seen as older than white peers. Black women's live, lived experiences echo a 2017 study that found adults viewed young black girls as less innocent and more adult-like than white girls. This is from May uh, 17, 2019. Now, the part that I want to uh, zoom in on, researchers at the Georgetown Law Center on Poverty and Inequality reported their findings after speaking to groups of black girls and women across the country about whether their real life experiences reflected the same uh, researchers found in 2017. The adultification of black girls, the adultification of black girls, the women and girls said they did. The women and girls said they did. That prior study, which drew headlines two years ago, found that U.S. adults believe black girls seem older than white girls of the same age, that black girls need less nurturing, that black girls need less nurturing, support and comfort, and that young black girls know more about sex than white girls do. Where the hell would they get an idea like that? What, who, what could possibly make people think that young black girls who grow up to be black women, what could possibly make them think that young black girls know more about sex than white girls? I'll be damned. I can't figure it out. I just can't figure it out. I, 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 what would make them think something like that? Well, maybe during slavery is because black women were made to be breeders and forced to have sex with black men and then also black women were made to be prostitutes during slavery because they had sex uh, they had sex slave farms they made to be prostitutes as well okay and uh they were sold as wet nurses also and when you when you do uh study the research from uh professor stephanie e jones rogers uh she wrote a book called they were her property and the book deals with how uh white women were more involved in uh owning uh african slaves than previously thought okay uh there's an article from uh let's see we'll look at this one here from history.com the massive overlooked role of female slave owners the massive overlooked role uh of female slave owners and this is from history.com official website of the history channel atlantablackstar.com also has an article that deals with this okay see this we have to put this in historical context what many people who don't i'm a historian okay i've been studying history 31 years i'm also a political commentator so you see me on roland martin unfiltered you see me on faraji muhammad show the culture you see me different in uh different uh, media outlets people are trying to die uh to compartmentalize white supremacy you can't do that you're dealing with a system White supremacy is a system and racism is a system. Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race. So they just try to put this in the category, say, oh, this is just entertainment. It's just harmful. It's just harmless. No, it's not. It's programming. Whatever is disseminated becomes imitated. It's programming. My, my, my degree is in business administration with a major in marketing from Wayne State University here in Detroit. I know the programming when I see it because I was trained in it. I know what I'm looking at. This is what I'm warning people about. No, this ain't just harmful stuff. Marketing, in marketing, we're taught how to understand people, how to understand their behaviors, how to understand the psychology, how to get in their minds and get them to believe certain things, get them to do certain things, get them to buy products, get, get them to buy Coke instead of Pepsi, get them to buy Lay's potato chips instead of Better Made. That's all dealing with marketing. When you look at a, a TV commercial, TV commercial, 
30 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds is marketing ideas to get you to change your behavior, to get you to alter your behavior, to buy this product, stop buying this product, keep buying this product. OK, call this number, uh, support the little children, uh, give to uh, the cancer hospital, things like this. Right. Tell a story, evoke emotion, get into your mind, alter your behavior. If a 30 second, 60 second commercial does that, then what do you think a three, four, five minute song does? Because we need to look at songs as commercials. Songs are marketing something as well. I've interviewed hip hop artists. I've interviewed uh, uh, singers. I've taught the singers. They, their music, they're trying to convey a message. They want you to feel something. They want to explain a, a situation that happened to them. They want to explain a personal experience. They're talking about a relationship. They want they want to make a connection with you. They want you to feel something. It's not just entertainment. They it, it, it evokes emotion. You hear Tony Braxton. You hear Whitney Houston. It takes you back to what you were doing at the time that song came out. It can cause people to cry. It can cause people to feel happy. It can cause people to get chills. It's tapping into emotions. This all deals with marketing. This all deals with psychology. This is not just entertainment. It's programming. So what happens when you want to attack a people and continue to suppress a people and you take a you, you take a uh, medium, you take an art form that they created to elevate their conscious level, to empower them, you hijack it and turn it towards them and use it to attack them and destroy them. Because hip hop was something that we created to talk about what's going on in our communities, but not to glorify it, to inform people or talk about the need to change, change uh, something, change behavior, change conditions, elevate our conscious level, teach people the four elements of hip hop, emceeing, break dancing, graffiti and DJing okay emceeing breakdancing graffiti and D and DJing the fifth element was knowledge because there was knowledge in hip-hop when we heard the message it was like 1981 Grandmaster Fast Flash and the Furious Five rats in the front room roaches in the back junkies in the alley with the baseball bat I tried to get away but I couldn't get far because a man with a torture repossessed my car don't push me because I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. That's a song about economics and the economy at the time under the Reagan administration, but it's also about the need for mental health. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. You're talking about the need for mental health, funding mental health. Okay, um, let's see. Let's wrap this up. The massive overlooked role of female slave owners, okay? Uh, this looks at the research from uh, Professor Stephanie E. Jones Rogers out of California. It's estimated that 40% of slave owners may have been white women. This is from March 12, 2019. And uh, let's see. Professor Stephanie E. Jones Rogers, the high number of people that Martha Washington owned, so this is George Washington's wife, uh, she owned more slaves than George Washington did, okay? Uh, most Americans know that George Washington owned enslaved people at his Mount Vernon home, uh, but few, but fewer people know that it was his wife, Martha, who dramatically increased the enslaved 
population there. When they wed in 1759, George Washington uh, may have owned around 18 uh, African people. Martha, one of the richest women in Virginia, owned 84 African slaves. Okay, the high number of people Martha Washington owned is unusual, but the fact that she owned them is not. Professor Stephanie E. Jones Rogers, a history professor at the University of California, Berkeley, is compiling data on just how many white women owned slaves in the U.S. and in and in the parts of 1850 and 1860 census data studies so far white women make up about 40 percent of slave owners okay the name of a book is they were her property white women as slave owners in the american south okay uh slaveholding parents typically gave their daughters more enslaved people than land what this means is that their very identities as white southern women are tied to the actual or uh possible ownership of other people okay now the uh, part that i want to get to i can't remember if it's in this article or the one from um um atlantablackstar.com but she talks about organized sexual assault okay organized sexual assault orchestrated yeah or here right here this is it some black women reported in uh wpa interviews um these are interviews done by the uh, federal government wpa interviews that their mothers would always give birth around the same time as the white mistress these were wet nurses these were african slaves who were made wet nurses suggesting that these mistresses these white slave owners white female slave owners were also orchestrating the sexual assault of enslaved african women so when you had uh, a white a white slave owner who was pregnant and she becomes pregnant and she doesn't want to nurse her child okay breastfeed if you have female slaves and none of them are breastfeeding and you want them to breastfeed your child because your ass is too lazy then you have to orchestrate rape on that black woman to get her pregnant so your lazy ass can give your child to her to uh to uh breastfeed your child because you're too trifling to do it yourself quote there were instances in which formerly enslaved people did in fact say that their mistress either sanctioned acts of sexual violence against them that uh, that were perpetrated at the hands of white men or that they orchestrated instances of sexual violence between two enslaved people that they own in hopes of producing children for those acts from those acts of sexual violence so what happens is now his so, so the 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 research from professor stephanie e jones rogers calls me to rethink certain things because I, I i watched some lectures from her and i read excerpts of a book it caused me to rethink certain things because historically we have been taught wrongly we have been taught that the african male slave who was made to be a stud or made to have sex with the female we were taught wrongly he enjoyed it that basically we this is coming out of white male patriarchy we were basically taught he enjoyed it but it was rape to the woman reading her research caused me to really really focus in on that and rethink that and realize they were both being victimized the man and the african man and woman were both being victimized and they were both victims of sexual violence 
this sexual violence continues. The, 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 so African women being depicted as breeders and they could gain their freedom sometimes by producing a prescribed number, a predetermined number of healthy babies to their slave owner. They were sold as prostitutes, okay, and sold and marketed as wet nurses. So this is around the sexual exploitation of African women. This you're going to have sexual exploitation that continues after slavery ends and is still with us today. So then when we look at a study like this from the Georgetown University uh, on poverty and they talk about adultification bias in black girls and how negative stereotypes associated with African-American women are projected onto black girls. And one of and, and, and one of these negative stereotypes is that. Young black girls are perceived by adults to know more about sex than white girls. That is a legacy of slavery right there. That is a legacy of slavery. And what music like this coming from Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Rennie Rucci, Ruby Rose, uh, 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 Sexy Red, okay, uh, Nicki Minaj, what this does is not i'm not blaming the artists they're financed by europeans we need to go out to the corporations but this contributes to a society and a climate that already dehumanizes african-american women and girls and helps put their safety in jeopardy it makes them more prone to sexual abuse rape molestation things like this because a lot of people don't care when African-American women are abused. This is why R. Kelly was able to abuse black women for 30 years. Because I guarantee you, if R. If R. Kelly, if Robert Sylvester Kelly was, was outside, because when you watch Surviving R. Kelly, he would be outside of schools on the south side of Chicago high schools after school talking to the young girls. If his ass was on, on the north side of Chicago talking to white girls, 15, 16, 17-year-old white girls after school, that behavior would have been put to a stop 30 years ago he would have not been allowed to do that the parents would not have thought it was funny the principal would not have thought it was funny the counselors and department heads would not thought it was funny that this negro's out here talking to 15 16 17 year old white girl that behavior would have been put to a stop 30 years ago We're the only ones that would tolerate something like that because we've been brain damaged as well and taught to hate ourselves and buy into a lot of this white supremacy. So this is why we have to take our minds back. Now, Jamila Blake said in a statement, the author of this report here, uh, dealing with adultification bias, quote, almost all the black girls and women we talked to said they experienced, experienced adultification bias as children. Uh, and the overwhelmingly and they overwhelmingly agreed that it led teachers and other adults to treat them more harshly, treat them more harshly and hold them to higher standards than white girls. So there's a legacy of harsh treatment of African-American women going back to slavery. And then after slavery. OK, the researchers spoke to nine focus groups with a total of about 50 black girls and women of varied ages and in diverse regions of the country a year from 2017 to 2018 quote to society we're not innocent 
to society, we're not innocent. And white girls are always innocent. One participant in the focus group aged 17 to 23 told researchers. Okay. Uh, so, um, even when you see, even when you see just in general, the word quote unquote attitude, the word attitude being applied is usually not applied to white girls. Another participant in the 20 to 29 year old group said it's applied to black girls. Georgetown law did posted this tweet back in 2019, new research, Georgetown law poverty center. Or 2017 finds that black girls routinely experience adultification bias adultification bias the perception of black girls is less innocent the report features voices of black women and girls highlighting their lived experiences insights and solutions 2019 uh 2019 that tweet came out 2019 now the 20 this, so the 2019 report built on the 2017 report. The 2017 report grew out of findings from a 2014 study by Dr. Philip Atiba Goff. Dr. Philip Atiba Goff, you see, you see him sometimes on MSNBC, that found that black boys were more likely to be viewed as older and to be suspected of crime at age 10. Black boys were are more likely to be viewed as older. And, and to be suspected of crime starting at age 10. Choosing to focus specifically on black girls, the 2017 study found that adults saw black girls ages 5 to 19 as in need of less protection and support than white girls of the same age because they're not valued as much as white girls. You only protect what you respect. So you can have a song that says there's some whores in this house and repeats the phrase 79 times. And in the video, everybody in the music video is black or black women, except for Kylie Jenner. And that's perfectly all right. Because we see them as as those that you orchestrate sexual violence against. We see them as slave breeders and we see them as prostitutes and wet nurses. And the black girls, and they also uh, found in the study that black girls are viewed as being more independent and knew more about adult topics, including about sex. Read the rest of this. The women in the focus groups recounted experiences that reflected how adultification bias appeared to be connected to their receiving more punitive treatment, more punishment adultification bias this comes out of racism racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race which comes out of the ideology of european white supremacy one participant for instance described an encounter with a police officer who did not believe she was 15 years old he handcuffed her and fingerprinted her insisting she was too old not to carry identification the punishment for her was harsher than the punishment would most likely be for a white girl the same age. She's viewed as older. Mistakes that somebody makes at 15, they're punished more for those mistakes. They're not given the benefit of the doubt because they're viewed as older. Okay? And where white girls are not treated, generally speaking, are not treated the same way. 
Other women spoke out about being treated as having an quote unquote attitude or as being threatening in school. Most times when you try to like defend yourself, they, they see you, they see how you're talking back and then they'll be like, there's consequences. One participant in the 17 to 23 year old uh, age group told uh, Georgetown's researchers and they'll be like, oh, so they're, oh, so they, oh, so they get a detention, get a suspension. They always feel like you're talking back, but you're really not. You're just trying to defend, like get your side across. Okay, read the rest of this article here. This is from HuffingtonPost.com. Uh, black girls detail harsh consequences of being seen as older than white peers. This is from May 17, 2019, HuffingtonPost.com. Then there's also an article from uh, NBCNews.com. Uh, and this deals with the same study. Now, this article from NBCNews.com is from uh, this deals with the previous study. This is from June 28, 2017, originally published by the Associated Press, picked up by NBCNews.com. The adultification of black girls, less protection, more discipline. The adultification of black girls, less protection, more discipline. Adults think African-American girls are less innocent, less in need of protection and nurturing and seem older than similarly aged white girls according to a new report okay so this is about the 2017 report the report entitled girlhood interrupted the erasure of black girls childhood girlhood interrupted the erasure of erasure of black girls childhood also said american adults think black girls know more about adult adult topics about sex than white girls of the same age read that article also that's from uh, nbcnews.com from the nbc news black um platform because they have articles dealing with the african-american community and nbc news black okay so uh we'll come to some of your comments here in, in uh just a minute how's everybody doing if you like this type of information if you learn anything today support the african history network dollar sign the ahn show through cash app dollar sign the ahn show through cash app also through paypal paypal.me forward slash the ahn show this helps us keep doing the research stay on the air finance our uh, sunday night show um uh, pay some of the bills etc because it takes a lot of work uh to do this and do the research and, and finance this okay register for our 12-week online course if you like the type of history we share here at the african history network register for our 12-week online course uh ancient kemet the moors and the maafa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school okay uh so there's a 12-week online class that i teach i put together the curriculum i've been studying history 31 years i'm a historian as well as a political commentator a lecturer etc visit our website theafricanhistorynetwork.com scroll down kemet's one originates for egypt uh the maafa is a kiswahili term which refers to the great disaster our holocaust we deal with thousands of years of history what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place okay and we do we deal with the 800 year occupation of europe by the africans known as the moors your understanding of politics is directly related to your understanding of history 
we have a, a preview, a short preview of the class. You can watch there as well. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips, all of that. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. So a year from now, two years from now, you can go back and watch the entire course. Um, and then Sundays, I teach Black resistance movements from the Haitian Revolution, U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement, 1800 to 1968. So you can register for that class as well. It's the same format. All right, now uh let's go quickly to some of your comments here and hopefully you learned a lot from this i, I originally i was just going to do originally i was going to wait to sunday to do a broadcast and then but but you know this past sunday it was um uh was okay so i, I was going to wait to this coming sunday to do a broadcast our radio show and uh when i decided to do broadcast today i said well i'm just going to do an audio broadcast but then I had some articles, things like this to show you. I said, no, and I said, no, I need to do video. I ain't planning to be here this long, but you know how I am with the history. And uh, I don't play with things like this. OK, so this is something that needs to stop twerking. Three hundred four strippers. Uh, Kill Hall said we're going to go through, show some of your comments here. Kill Hall said this is something that needs to stop twerking. Three hundred four strippers. Uh, black and honest education said uh, when the NAACP issued the travel advisory for Florida, I said it's about time someone tell us uh, uh, what to do that is right. Uh, 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 Black and Honest also agree with uh, some of my comments here. Uh, Estelle Dean said Dr. Francis Crest Wilson is absolutely right. They put these disgraceful languages in their uh, music uh, and praise it. But mad when others call you these names, some of these performers don't need to be on Essence platform. This is not something our younger females, I think maybe she said meant to say need to see. Um, Brenda Rogers Booker said this is so sad. Justin Luther said all great points. Uh, Brenda also says she's agree she agrees with NDRE. Now, Pierce India uh, Ari took down the Instagram. Um, post hopefully more discussion and action and change and thought will come from this your thoughts create feelings your feelings create actions and behaviors your actions and behaviors create results this is not an attack on a particular artist we need to go after the corporations we need to look and see where our pension fund dollars are invested our 401k dollars are invested because a lot of times we're invested in corporations that do us harm we may be invested in entertainment companies that put out negative corporate controlled hip-hop we need to divest from that uh, black women have a choice to make in power white supremacy or empower black American culture. Uh, first name, last name said. Uh, Orville Grant said our people do not care. Uh, Brenda Rogers Booker also said I personally don't listen uh, to all those all this degrading mess. Uh, who else is this? Uh, Eleanor Hurt said, of course, it's a double standard and some black women can't comprehend that. OK, black and uh, black and honest education said when white people, when white police officers encounter young girls, they treat them like adults, even if the girls cry. Yeah, that's true. A lot of times that happens. A lot of times from, from, from what we see, reports we get, videos we see, a lot of times that happens. OK. Um, 
okay a, a black and honest education also i don't know whether this is male or female but black and honest education also says i have that book they were her property from a uh, professor stephanie e jones rogers divorce adam says says sounds about right uh black and honest said too trifling to do it yourself facts that, that i was talking about white female slave owners who would uh have wet nurses uh, uh african female slaves breastfeed the white child or if there was no pregnant um uh, female slave or one who was nursing they will organize sexual assault on that african female slave to get her pregnant okay uh black and honest education said michael's on fire tonight uh sharon simpson anderson said teach brother divorce adam said wait a minute where was uh your jesus when all this was happening okay uh she said uh black and honest said uh leave jesus alone <laughs> black and honest said satan was there um let's see uh Tavora said uh dr ray Hagens would tell you dr ray Hagens is one of my teachers also divorce said i turned them on to dr ray Hagens uh from the african village uh let's see all right okay and then uh let me see lamar said uh, lenore lenore smith said i'm not going to argue lenore smith said i'm not going to argue with a female that doesn't mind degrading herself for money or for free it's shameful i know for a fact european girls far more than us knew knew and did all right um and then og patrice said uh, michael m hotep until we unite for our bottom line as a people we will never get anywhere writing the record label and executives is the key along with not buying the music um so we can we first of all we need to organize the fight is not going to come from the NAACP, National Urban League, or National Action Network. I, I don't think they may get involved. Some that ain't. We can't. We can't rely on those traditional civil rights organizations. It's, it's going to have to be a third force. It's going to have to be other uh, organizations, a a uh, a conglomerate of other organizations, an alliance of other organizations to come together to do this and we need to have multiple strategies uh one look and see where your pension fund dollars are invested if you invested in corporations that finance negative corporate controlled hip-hop divest uh take those pension funds or uh, dollars from those corporations put them somewhere else and 401k dollars to uh uh put these corporations on blast expose the lyrics go to websites like azlyrics.com the letter a the letter z azlyrics.com expose the lyrics that are in these songs because a lot of parents don't really know the lyrics that are being fed to to our youth uh uh have let we had send uh send messages social media posts to these corporations as well and uh also build an alliance with the artists because the because we, we, we're not trying to attack the artists a lot of artists want to have more conscious more insightful uh music um, uh bow wow 
uh, Shad Moss. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Bow Wow, Shad Moss. Uh, there was a video of him we posted on our fan page, the African History Network, about a couple weeks ago. And he talked about how a lot of the hip hop today, it just all sounds the same. It's meaningless. He said, 30 years from now, you're not going to remember it. It's not going to, you're not going to want to hear it. A lot of that, a lot of it, five years from now, you're not going to want to hear it. Um, and he, he talked about how today to be an artist, you really don't have to have ta talent. He said he thinks it's a shift is about to come where it's going to go back to where you have to have talent to be an, to, to really be a hip hop artist. So, uh, we have to make this happen. Okay. We have to make this happen. We have to take control. Power is the ability, ability to define and shape reality and have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own power coming from the Latin word porter, meaning to be able. And, uh, if we look at, um, uh, Bantu Stephen Biko, one of our great uh, South African freedom fighters, who was portrayed by Denzel Washington in the uh, 1987 movie Cry Freedom. Uh, Bantu, Bantu Stephen Biko said the most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. The most potent weapon in the, is in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. So we have to take our minds back. All right, and let me see where's uh, here's Bantu Stephen Beagle right here. So we have to understand that this is a fight, we have to understand that we're under attack, this is a war. Bantu Stephen Biko said the most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed, the mind of the oppressor. We have to take our minds back and we don't ask permission to take our minds back. We just take them back. Um, Dr. Carter G. Woodson, who co-founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History in uh, September 9th, 1915 in Chicago, um, who uh, created Negro History Week in 1926, who created Associated, Associated Publishers, Inc. in 1921, which, is a, which was a publishing company um, that they had for, um, they published his books and published books of uh, African-American uh, scholars as well. And let me see, uh, I thought, don't we have a quote here from, well, I know the quote, so I'll just put, I thought, I thought I had it here in this presentation, his quote, but he wrote the miseducation of the Negro in 1933. And I thought I had the quote here in this presentation, but I don't have other information on Dr. Woodson, but Dr. Carter G. Woodson said, when you control a man's thinking, you don't have to worry about his actions. You don't have to tell him, do not stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place and stay in it. You don't have to tell him to go to the back door. He will find the back door on his own. And if there is no back door, he will cut one for his special benefit because his education makes it necessary. Okay, that's Dr. Carter. I, I don't have to, I have the quote memorized, so I don't have to have it in front of me. But this is what we're dealing with. This is uh, Dr. Jacob Carruthers, one of our a great grandmaster scholar warriors who's an ancestor now dr jake jacob carruthers said said it doesn't matter how many europeans we convince of the truth 
He said, this is a battle for the African mind. This is a battle for the African mind. And that's what we have to uh, understand. That's what we have to do. And it's not over until we win. Okay, so thanks for joining us uh, today. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Hopefully you learned a lot. Go read these articles I shared with you. This is not an attack on a hip, uh, particularly hip hop artist, anything like this. We are under attack. The, 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 and the, the, the dehumanization of African people has always been entertainment in this country. Whether we go back to the minstrel shows created by T.D. Rice about 1828, 1829, who creates the Jim Crow character. And the, the story goes, he sees a, uh, an African slave boy or teenage boy uh, tending to animals, sing, singing a song, turn around, jump, a turn around, jump around, I jump just so. Every time I turn around, I jump Jim Crow. And T.D. Rice puts on tattered torn clothing and uh, puts on blackface and adopts a southern dialect to imitate African slaves. And he does his Jim Crow character on stage, dehumanizing African people. White people love this. Other uh, white men put on blackface, create these uh, menstrual show companies, and they travel around the country putting on these menstrual shows, singing songs from the South, singing Dixie, things of this nature. When the, when you go to movies, you have movies like 1912, Uncle Tom's Cabin. You have 1915, February 8th, 1915, The Birth of a Nation. And all the negative stereotypes of African people was basically in that movie, The Birth of a Nation, which takes place during during slavery, the, the uh, Civil War and the Reconstruction Era, directed by D.W. Griffith. The, this movie rejuvenates the Ku Klux Klan, which was founded December 24th, 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee, uh, about a week or so after the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was adopted December 18th, 1865, because it was ratified December 6th, 1865, when Georgia became the 27th state to ratify the 13th Amendment. OK, and it, it and this is what legally freed the slaves. It wasn't Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865, General Order Number 3. OK, because Kentucky and Delaware did not free their slaves to December 6th, 1865, six months after Juneteenth. All right. That's it. I'm done because uh, I'll be here for the next two hours breaking this history down. OK, uh, support the African History Network dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Register for my online history classes. Uh, the content is also PG-13, so you can use this with your children. I don't do a lot of cursing and things like that. It's not overly graphic in the classes as well. Um, and it takes a lot of work to teach these classes. So this helps finance this research, helps support the African History Network. Uh, we have the link uh, to the classes here in the thread of the broadcast. And it's also... Um, uh, you can it's right on the homepage of our website, the Af uh, African History Network.com or the African History Network.com. And as soon as you register, you can start watching content. Okay. And there's also five uh, free lectures of mine that are in the video library as well. So as soon as you register, you can start watching content and then you can join us uh, live in class uh, on uh, Saturday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, right now, let's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.